what are you going to do is like getting a free elephant. A lot of people say, where can you get a free elephant? Well, you, you don't know, you have, to, you have to feed it. But yeah. I, I, I have someone in the family say, where are you going to get a free elephant? I said, well, think about how much you got to feed and forget yeah. about the elephant. Yeah. You know, it looks good. Or tell someone, I got a free elephant. So literally, you're in a hotel. Today, if someone gave you a 500-room hotel, just say, take over. Yeah. I wouldn't. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. So today I'm here with Neil Cotri, and uh, we're talking a little bit about your family, your history, and how you guys got to where you are today. Your family operates and owns six hotels throughout Northern California and also does a little bit of real estate investing. And maybe I thought I'd start out by just asking you to talk a little bit about your history, how uh, the business started and, and how you got here. Well, it started uh, many, many years ago. Um, <clears throat> my uh, uncle signed up to come to U.S. Back in the 50s, um, the uh, United States had a kind of a lottery system. They went out to all different countries and would legally let people come and become a legal immigrant. You get a green card when you arrive here. What you do is uh, you put your name in a uh, container at a post office, and if your name comes up, it's like winning the lottery. Wow. And they contact you. You got to remember, in the 50s, it's like everything's paper, you know. My uncle received the notice that you have been chosen, and uh, you're one of, you know, X amount of people, and uh, there was three of them friends. They all got chosen. So three of them decided, no, we want to go. And so they borrowed uh, and used up money, whatever they had. And uh, so it was just me and my, I mean, my uncle and my dad, two brothers, had no sisters, had a father, mother passed away a long time ago, but they both had families. My uncle left, came here, didn't know English, didn't have any money, no friends, no relatives. Uh, you know, we're talking, well, as old, old as I am. Back, in fact, he came the year I was born. So they said that was the good luck. <laughs> anyway, they came here and uh, it was a very tough lifestyle. He was living in a hotel in San Francisco, uh, one of these transient hotels, if you remember, mm -hmm. years ago where you had to go in the hallway for a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, an Indian fellow owned it. He said, I'll let you stay here you got to do all the janitorial work and in exchange for a free room. The room was 10 by 10 with a sink in it, yeah. and that's it. Um, you had to go to the hallway for the bathroom. Anyway, he learned English, made a few bucks. He uh, made some friends, and he thought the hotel business uh, was fairly simple. You don't have to be too smart, just work hard. Basically, mm -hmm. you give a key, take the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and clean the hotel, you know, keep yeah. it clean for the guests. We're talking about transient. In those days, he told me the rooms were going for $1.25. <laughs> and if you had a room with a bathroom, it would cost about $3. Wow. Transient hotel. Anyway, he was able to lease one in Oakland for $5,000. Um, he borrowed $500 from five 
fellow Indian friends. Wow. No money out of his pocket, but in those days, shook hands and bought it. So he needed some help. So he, uh, uh, during those five, six years, he became a citizen, and he was able to um, uh, uh, sponsor his wife and children. Mm-hmm. And he sponsored my dad, which is his brother, real brother, and Nick, uh, whom you know, is my oldest brother. So that's uh, five, six, seven people, and I got plenty of help. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're working day and night. They're freshly uh, to uh, U.S., uh, don't know the language. La- language is a major barrier if you don't yeah. know it. Yeah. Uh, there was no, very little TV, but I think maybe three channels. There was... Mm-hmm. It was black and white in the 50s. He didn't even have a car, had nothing. So anyway, but they worked hard and uh, did okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made the $5,000 in about two years, three years, something like that. Then my dad um, sponsored my mom and the rest of the siblings, four other siblings. How did you end up acquiring your first property in this area? In this area. So... Uh, Again, I was very young. Uh, in '64, I was barely. I was. I think I was in uh, elementary school. So, my uh, brother, uh, you know, Johnny mm-hmm. and uh, Nick. Johnny was always uh, the entrepreneur, want to do something different in life, and uh, he found out there was a hotel for sale in Modesto, but that was in '73 now. So we all had some education, spoke English, and. Uh, think knew a little bit, a lot more than when we first came. So he and my dad and my uh, oldest brother came here and looked at the tropics on McHenry. And it was a beautiful hotel in those days, in 1973, with a 60-room, a bar, and a restaurant for very reasonable private. Well, today is very reasonable. But a different venture, much nicer clientele, higher grade of uh, it was a franchise hotel mm-hmm. at that time, and uh, we really liked it. Mm-hmm. And then from that, uh, then we bought a another one and another one, several in Modesto. In fact, owners of, in those days, uh, it was all more of a mom and pop type of uh, hotels. These major chains weren't around, uh, like uh, Holiday Inn had the big Holiday Inn, or the yeah. Marriott had the big Marriott, or the Hilton. Nobody had... Uh, the type of um, uh, hotel, what we call a drive-in little uh, hotel where you go right into your room and the parking's right there. It was all either high-rise or the mom and pop. By the end of 2021, what will work look like? Get our in-depth analysis and five predictions for the future of work and office space in our report, The Future of Work. Download at grisadapartners.com. Some people look at family business and they think, conflict. They think, you know, uh, oh, I, I don't know that I'd want to be in business with my family. And your family has made it, uh, it's become a part of your success rather than a barrier to your success. Why? How, why, why is it different? How, how has it worked differently? Well, I think uh, our culture, the Indian culture, is based on family. Even back in India, I think more so the reason why people can't afford their own housing. Uh, as you know, India is very, very crowded. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what made the culture, that you stay with the family. 
is it's not uncommon to see a father with three married children in a little two-bedroom home wow. in India. Yeah. To this day, yeah. where are they going to go? Yeah. And so our culture specifically, the Indian culture, as you know, is very tight. Even you see it today, very tight-knit, family-oriented. You're, you guys have purchased a lot of real estate along the way. Um, do you have any advice for those who are looking to make their first purchase in real estate or how you evaluate real estate? Two things um, that we look at is location is very everything. Mm-hmm. And second thing is the right price. If you overpay going in, knowing you you overpaying, you probably in uh, bad times uh, may have to sell and you're going to lose money. Location and finding the right deal is that's where you made the money the day you buy it. Not, uh, I think there's some other people say that you made your money on the day you bought it. Yeah. And then over time, we have bought uh, many, many properties. We've sold very little. And we have become very knowledgeable. And nowadays, with uh, the computer, there's so much knowledge. That other secret has been we own everything we own. We're not more than 30 miles away. Yeah. And that's, that would be a major secret that it's not a secret, but what people yeah. say, what's your secret? <laughs> well, of course, family is number one, but being close to what you own. Yeah. And um, it seems like common sense on the surface. And yet we often see people dabbling in other geographies. As we've talked over our uh, friendship, I've heard you always zero in on price per square foot, price per square foot, price per square foot. And, And it almost seems like that's the first indicator of if there's any merit to a particular purchase is price per square foot. And the location. Yeah. Location. Yeah. If it's not even where yeah. you want it, forget yeah. it. Who yeah. cares what the price is? So location is number one. If, and the other thing is do what you know best. Don't mm-hmm. just say, oh, real estate, good, because everybody's making money. No. And anything is good if you know what you're doing. Yeah. There's yeah. tons of types of businesses people run. And they're very successful because they stay in what they know. Mm-hmm. You can't just jump here and jump there and jump there and large amount of money. Because if you get hit, it's tough to come back as you get older, especially yeah. 60 years old and says, well, I'm going to change my path. I think I'm going to go into whatever. The culture that you have as a person emanates out into your business and into your life. I, that has to, in some way, be a reflection of your family, your family values, and how you then, ha- you know, that culture has emanated out to how you treat employees and how they like they- that. Uh, we're a family business and not a big corporate where today you're here, tomorrow you're fired. They don't, they don't know who the boss is. Uh, they can come, literally, come see me. Any mm-hmm. employee, even making a minimum wage, they can come see me. My doors are open for any one of them. In our business, you know, uh, uh, maintaining a good property and a good customer base is everything. That's, uh, that's our success. It's not just a one-time customer. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, return customer is what we want. New customer. Yeah. You can't find a yeah. thousand new customers every day. No one can. Yeah. It's keeping the old ones and keep going after new ones. So 
It's a hospitality business, and we are very hospitable to our friends, relatives. Uh, that's in our blood, you know. We just, uh, if someone came to my home, they don't go without yeah. drinking water, tea, or something. Yeah. We just don't <laughs> let them go. You can't. They said, no, you don't. You have to. I'm guessing when you stay in other hotels, just like when I walk into another office building or another apartment complex, I just can't help but start seeing that's good, that's bad. Why haven't done, they done this? Oh, I like that they did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing when you stay yes. in hotels, oh, yeah, same yeah, thing, yeah. right? I literally, when our hotel drive up and I see all the uh, issues, could be very minor, but I employ, how did you see that? How did you see that? I said, well, God gave me more eyes, that's all. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And what about going to other hotel properties? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, no, that, that's, I learned a lot <laughs> uh, going to other hotels. And actually, nowadays, you can take pictures and bring that back. And uh, yeah. also, I attend a lot of seminars, conventions, and I happen to know a lot of people in the business. I've been in it 47 years and mm -hmm. uh, in Modesto, in the hotel wow. business. So real old-timer, you know. And uh, <laughs> But never too, uh, too old uh, to learn new tricks, you know, yeah. because... They're out there, and the uh, main thing, if I can keep a customer happy and my employees happy, I'll be happy if I can do those two things. Yeah. And we've, been, we've managed to do that. Yeah. But it is a tough world out there now. Yeah. You need a lot more money to invest. Uh, you need good employees. Very tough to get good employees, especially during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of hotels are having tough times. How do you see that playing out going forward, you know, as hopefully – a vaccine comes what do you see the future of hospitality looking like do you see permanent changes or or temporary uh, first of all i think the the real this will separate the men from the boys <laughs> the ones who's got deep roots and has been in the business long time and been around and mm -hmm. we have you know uh seen uh recessions, inflation, many things in life. Mm -hmm. uh, we have managed to hang in there just because we've been in it a long time. I feel sorry for someone who just got started because, by the way, hotel economy a couple of years ago was fantastic. Some of the best yeah. ever in the industry because there's lots of money, people were traveling. In, in fact, economy and hotels go hand in hand. Yeah. If economy is good, hotels are good. Economy is bad, hotels are bad. Yeah. Just those two yeah. things you have to see. Yeah. And uh, uh, the ones that have been in it, uh, hopefully they're not highly leveraged, will hang in there. Yet I know some guys that uh, went way overboard thinking this is unstoppable. The, yeah. the, the occupancy was going like 80, 90 percent mm -hmm. at the highest uh, average rate all over the place. And... Uh, and I think those are the people that I think I can make more money. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know throughout last four or five decades, every 10 years, there's a down and it comes back. There's a down, it comes back. And I've, mm -hmm. I've lived that. And, and uh, even my own family wanted to do something big. I said, no, yeah. hold, hold back. You know, we're doing just fine. Yeah. Sometimes it's a, uh, just a, uh, wanting to get to a different level. Well, yeah. There's no reason to. We're very yeah. comfortable. We do very well where we're at. And I just think uh, for someone, there's going to be tremendous opportunity at 
could be 50 cents on the dollar mm-hmm. if you're willing to move around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, something you haven't touched on too much, but you mentioned the word leverage. When, especially in the hotel business, I have to imagine, because revenue can go to zero tomorrow or to effectively zero tomorrow, being in a, in a strong financial position where you don't have that substantial loan payment that you have to make every single month. Can you speak to that a little bit? Has that helped you guys navigate through cycles? Oh, as I said, we've been very, very fortunate. Uh, we have a, a fantastic arrangement with many, many banks. So the difference today versus uh, yeah. 50 years ago, banks want me. Yeah. In those days, <laughs> I wanted the banks. Yeah. <laughs> now I pick which bank I want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we're at that level where yeah. we have excellent credit. We can borrow a large amount of money if we wanted to. But we're still very careful. Yeah. in our investments. We just don't want highly leveraged just because a huge 500-room hotel comes up. What are you going to do? It's like getting yeah. a free elephant. <laughs> a lot of people say, where can you get a free elephant? <laughs> well, you, you don't know. You have, to, you have to feed it. But yeah. I, I, I have someone in the family say, where are you going to get a free elephant? I said, well, think about how much you got to feed and forget yeah. about the elephant. Yeah. You know, it looks good. Or tell someone, I got a free elephant. So literally, even a hotel today, if someone gave you a 500-room hotel, just say, take over. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. There's no business. Yeah. So uh, we've been very fortunate, very, yeah. very fortunate to be in the Valley. And we're not saying just our uh, holdings, but it, it, in the whole Valley, business has been as uh, outnumbered anything in the Bay Area, even fascinating. or if you're close to uh, like Anaheim, uh, it's all derived on uh, yeah. uh, Disneyland. You know, there's no yeah. Disneyland, and yeah. so there's no Disneyland. There's no business. Um, Las Vegas, they're hurting bad. Yeah. I I just think it's going to be a totally different picture uh, going forward. Uh, I I just don't know. I yeah. I feel sorry. I know some guys that were just finishing up a new hotel just oh. think what they're thinking <laughs> and we're talking about large number i want a hundred room hotel they may be paying 25 million dollars today wow. but that was going right yeah and you still made good money even at that price yeah but i just knew in my mind you can't sustain yeah, the business it can't last you've got to remember there's always rainy days remember that in life mm-hmm. it's not always roses not beautiful sunshine <laughs> guaranteed whether it's in business, your own health, or your own family. Those things will always come around. On that note, um, as we're rounding out um, today, I know that your, your father and your uncle were big influences in your life and uh, helped really kind of start the business. Are there, is there any words of wisdom that you remember either of those two saying to you that have kind of stuck with you your whole life? You know, uh, as I said, our, our biggest asset has been our family being together mm-hmm. uh, in business. It's really, we've had some things happen in the family, uh, you know, that uh, you can't help it. I, I lost mm-hmm. both of my uncle and my dad and my aunt and my mom and still, but... Uh, they, they basically said, as long as you're together, nobody's going to break you. 
if you go single, it can be broken. Take one stick, yeah. hit it hard enough, it'll break in half. Take four sticks, yeah. not easy to break. Yeah. And that's what I believe. It's always, my dad said, I hope you guys stay together the rest of your life and your children and hopefully it keeps going because mm-hmm. that's your biggest asset if you can do that. Being alone is not good. Yeah. Even in business. Yeah. <laughs> Even in business. So that's our biggest asset. And again, you know, be, be very honest, be good uh, to anybody, a friend, relative, the community. We're very involved in the community. I'm on many different boards and yeah. uh, I really enjoy doing it. I uh, love giving back of what I have uh, learned and uh, over my lifetime. And one last thing I would like to say that I, I would categorize us as being, we have lived the American dream. Yeah, yeah, very true. Well, thank you so much for your time today and I appreciate it. Thank you, I appreciate you inviting. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit grisetapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investors tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.